Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Queen Elizabeth says goodbye to Buckingham Palace as Prince William and Duchess Kate celebrate her on International Women's Day. I know. I thought this was really unique post from them. They don't usually post content like this. So I think it was really special. Prince Harry makes a surprise appearance at a Texas rodeo as Meghan is sued by her family. And so it's interesting that there, she's now, because she couldn't make money, she's now suing, you know, so it, it really makes you wonder what is the, you know, what is really at the heart of it. And Kensington Palace curator Claudia Eckhart-Williams gives us all the details on the new exhibition, Life Through a Royal Lens. So for her to show herself in this very sort of poised, regal guise, again, was something new. So so that, that portrait is not only beautiful, but it can be read in quite interesting ways. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and welcome to another week of big royal news. Christine, how are you? I'm doing really well. I'm excited for today's show. I feel like we have some really lighthearted stories. I feel like we could use some lighthearted news. <laughs> we definitely can. And we have a really fun interview with Claudia coming up, talking about this new exhibition that has a lot of royal fans um, excited. And we're going to see some never-before-seen never before photos of Princess Diana. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. But before we get to all of that, let's check in and see what you guys had to say about last week's show, kicking it off with Wanda, who says congratulations to Harry and Meghan for receiving the NAACP award. They both started philanthropic work early in their lives and never wavered from caring and helping others. They are not new to it, but true to it. Princess Diana and Daria Ragland are great role models for both of them. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle receiving this award definitely had a lot of mixed reactions from our viewers last week. It, I, it, I mean, I think it is such a, you know, polarizing um, topic. Just lately, any news with Meghan and Harry is really polarizing. But I love that this commenter mentioned both Princess Diana and Doria Ragland, because I think they are both incredibly strong women and really inspirational role models. And I love that they've kind of made that connection. Definitely. And then Daniel says, Harry and Meghan are undoubtedly prominent philanthropists, but I'm certain there were people who were more deserving of recognition from the NAACP, Van Jones, for example. Yeah, like I said, this kind of divided a lot of people. A lot of people said that they were worthy of this award. A lot of people felt it should have gone to somebody else, but everybody is entitled to their own opinion. And everybody is going to have their own opinion yep. on, you know, everything, especially on the internet these days. <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, let's get to our Royal Roundup. And it is good to see Queen Elizabeth out and about. We're going to get to some of her in-person uh, meetings. But first, there is this report going around that she will no longer be calling Buckingham Palace home. She has decided reportedly to permanently live in Windsor Castle. I feel like this has been maybe in the works for quite some time. Yeah, I think there were definitely whisperings of this. You know, they're doing a ton of refurbishment on Buckingham Palace, which makes it kind of both uninhabitable and unenjoyable to be in with all that construction going on. Um, plus all the time that the Queen has spent at Windsor throughout the pandemic. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, mourning the loss of Prince Philip, all of those things have kind of combined to probably, you know, make it more comfortable for her and more enjoyable for her just to set up shop at Windsor Castle. She can still carry on the exact same amount of work, which I think has been proven in the last couple of years that she can still fulfill her role from there. So why, you know, move around if you don't have to. Exactly. And then there, of course, there were all these rumors that William and Kate will be moving closer to Windsor Castle. So like we said, this probably has been um, in the works for quite some time. And you know, not a plaid, not a bad place to be. Windsor is beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And I think it definitely, you know, um, gives a little more weight behind those rumors that maybe William and Kate are moving out um, towards that area. That way they can be closer to the queen and where her work is. Exactly. All right. Well, the queen is back to business. Like we said, she held her first in-person meeting since um, recovering from COVID. She went with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and she looked absolutely great. She looked amazing. I love um, I loved her dress. I think it's so funny that Granny Chic is really in right now. And so the queen is really fashionable. <laughs> She's the definition of Granny Chic. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it was so nice to see her doing an in-person um, event again. And I loved uh, what Justin Trudeau said about the advice that she had given him and sort of, you know, lending to so many decades in this prominent seat and so much experience that she was able to share. And a lot of um commenters commentators noticed that she had a massive floral display that was blue and yellow um symbolizing the ukrainian flag which i thought was such a beautiful gesture yeah definitely it definitely was and speaking of uh ukraine she actually made a rare donation to support ukrainian refugees um she has not obviously publicly commented on the russian invasion against ukraine but the uk charity disasters emergency committee announced that her majesty contributed a generous fund they wrote on twitter many thanks to her majesty the queen for continuing to support the disasters emergency committee and for making a generous donation to the deck ukraine humanitarian appeal um yeah so like we said they the Royal family tends to not talk about politics, but this was definitely a way for her to lend her support and uh, say which side she is on. Absolutely. And we've talked before where there's such a fine line between um, political issues and humanitarian issues. And I think that this one, you know, it really is that fine line where the UK is still kind of negotiating politically with Russia in certain ways. So it really puts the royals in a difficult position where they may want to speak out publicly, but it might not seem appropriate given their position. Right. So I thought that the Queen, um, I know the Duke and Duchess of Cornwall also made a quiet donation. Um, and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge also made, I think, a donation to the same organization as the queen so it is just incredible to see them lending their support it really is it really is well prince william and duchess kate celebrated queen elizabeth on march h which is international which was international women's day they took to instagram to write mother grandmother great grandmother and head of state the queen's extraordinary reign has been longer than any other monarch in british history inspiring a nation and dedicating her life to the service of the commonwealth and its people 
very nice. They put together a really beautiful um, montage of photos uh, that have been taken over the years, some with her uh, great, great, grand, great grandchildren, um, with obviously Prince Philip and uh, her, you know, reigning in the monarch for 70 years. It's pretty extraordinary. I know. I thought this was really unique post from them. They don't usually post content like this. So I think it was really special um, for them to commemorate her and, you know, share her inspiration in this way. Definitely. She is an inspiration. Well, um, Prince Harry had a very interesting weekend. He went to his very first rodeo. The Duke of Sussex was spotted taking in the Stockyards Championship Rodeo in Fort Worth, Texas, where he watched bull riding events and former bull rider. Former bull rider turned trainer Corey Melton's company, Melton Bullco, shared and deleted an image of Prince Harry at the event. But they wrote Prince Harry hanging out at the rodeo this week. We get a lot of rodeo royalty, but this is the first prince I've seen said he was going to enter the bull riding. But the airline lost his rigging bag. I love this. He is really, you know, taking in a lot of American traditions. He was at the Super Bowl. Now he's at the rodeo. I mean, he is really getting in there. It really doesn't get more American than that, does it? I mean, the road, the cowboy hat just cracks me up. It looks like he's having a lot of fun. I think that there was some rumors that he was there for, um, you know, sort of working um, in a almost a political capacity where he was trying to meet with someone or hear someone speak while he was in Texas. And I, this was just a lot of fun. Um, I think people got a good giggle out of seeing him at a rodeo. Oh, totally. I would love to see uh, Prince Harry get up there and show off his, <laughs> his skills. Uh, definitely not very easy. So <laughs> I love it. I guess he's been catching up on his Yellowstone as well. <laughs> All right. Well, Prince William joked about one of the many reasons he adores his wife, Duchess Kate. While at an outing on St. David's Day, he told Welsh residents, Kate has the coldest hands ever. They say cold hands, warm heart. <laughs> Love it. So cute. So cheesy, but so cute. <laughs> they don't often make these sort of um, sappy comments about each other. They're a very private couple. But every once in a while, you do get a really funny quote or they do say something that's sort of sweet, um, you know, about their relationship. You can tell that they're just still really in love, which I think is really wonderful to see. They really are. And I love when they do outings together because you always get like these little tidbits of information on their parenting life or their relationship. So um, definitely always fun to see them out and about together. Yeah, I love it. I love, you know, when we get really excited when they like hold hands, like that's a big day for Royal Watch. <laughs> it really is. It really is. All right. Well, moving on, the drama between uh, Meghan Markle and her family does not seem to slow down because Samantha Markle is reportedly suing half-sister Meghan for defamation after the Duchess and Prince Harry's 2021 CBS tell-all interview. So TMZ reported that Samantha claimed in court documents that Meghan lied about her and their family during the sit-down. Now, Meghan Megan's attorney fired back, um, saying that the allegations that he said that this is baseless and absurd lawsuit. It is just a continuation of a pattern of disturbing behavior. We will give it the minimum attention necessary, which is all it deserves. I tend to agree with him. I don't know why they keep kind of attacking Megan and keep going after her. Just let them all just live their lives. It's, you know, there was an interesting part of the story where Samantha Markle is, you know, making this lawsuit because of lost wages. And I guess that her book that she was trying to sell didn't end up selling or didn't sell very well after um, the tell-all interview where there was sort of questions raised about their relationship, about their family dynamic. And so it's interesting that there, she's now, because she couldn't make money, she's now suing, you know, so it, it really makes you wonder what is the, you know, what is really at the heart of it? 
the reason that she's doing this. Right. Yeah. Because I believe in the tell all interview, Megan said that they really had no relationship. She hadn't seen her in a number of years. Right. Samantha is saying that that's not the case. Um, Megan also said that, you know, once she started dating Prince Harry, Samantha turned, uh, changed her last name back to Markle. So there's definitely a long history of this one. Definitely a lot of bad blood. But like I said, hopefully they can just move on and let let the girl live. Yeah. <laughs> let her be. Poor girl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royal tea. Um, author Robert Hardman may have may have written a new book all about Queen Elizabeth, but he did add in a little tidbit about Meghan's wedding. So as we remember, just before her 2018 wedding to Prince Harry, she found out her father, Thomas Markle, would not be attending and therefore couldn't walk her down the aisle. Well, her soon-to-be father-in-law, Prince Charles, stepped in and offered to walk her down the aisle. And according to Robert, Meghan responded to his offer by saying, can we meet halfway? He wrote the response was an indicator that this was no blushing bride, but a confident, independent woman determined to make a grand entrance on her own. I tend to agree. I mean, this... um, her walking halfway down the aisle was definitely a moment. I mean, you felt like, yes, this is a strong, independent woman stepping into this marriage. And um, I thought I thought it was a beautiful moment. Yeah, it was it really was powerful, especially looking back on the images of that day, seeing her really walking herself down the aisle says um, so much about who she is as, as a woman and what how she wanted to carry herself after that momentous occasion. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure it was difficult for her as well, because, you know, she expected her father to be there walking her fully down the aisle. And that's when things really started to unravel, at least publicly between um, her and her father and her family. And, you know, only her mother was representing her family there. You know, it was it was a a sad but momentous occasion, I'm sure, for her. Yeah, hugely emotional, even for us watching. Even I remember the the images of Doria sitting alone Mm -hmm. um, in the church pew was just really moving um, and really showed how close Doria and Megan are. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's move on to Prince Charles, because he is reportedly going to loan his younger brother, Prince Andrew, money to help cover the cost of the multimillion dollar lawsuit that he just settled. Of course, he reached a settlement last month and it was reportedly between nine and 12 million. This is, of course, when he was involved in the Jeffrey Epstein case with Virginia Guffrey. Um, So, yes, we're hearing that Prince um, Prince Charles may step in and loan him some money. I, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago where I don't really think Prince Andrew had that much money to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. So I do think that this lawsuit put him in a bit of a sticky situation. And I'm sure that that then put the royals in an even stickier situation where you kind of have to say, do you help your brother and kind of try to clean up what would then be a messier story? Right. You know, if Prince Andrew can't pay this money, that's going to be an even bigger story. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's just a difficult decision, a difficult situation all around, um, you know, between who helps Prince Andrew and how much you let him, you know, let him out to dry on his own. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm sure we will never know how much the settlement was, how much Prince Charles will loan. This is all kind of hearsay and we don't really know what the ins and outs of this is going to be. But I'm sure they just want this to all go away. (laughs) All right. Well, on a lighter note and a happier note, um, in a true royalty documentary, Kate Middleton, here we go again, a royal reporter opened up about the bond between Queen Elizabeth and Duchess Kate. She said in the documentary, Kate was having a conversation with the queen in which she confided that she had found being with George on her own and not having a full-time nanny or a maternity nurse very hard. William and Kate wanted to be hands-on parents and they did it until September. Then they recruited a nanny. I think all new moms can relate about how oh, 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 oh. 
O'Reilly. Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with the synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hard it is, especially your first child. You have no idea what's going on. And then, you know, being in the spotlight magnifies that even more. I'm sure it was not an easy time for her at all. I know, you know, new motherhood, it's so humbling and it's so equalizing just in that we all have that same struggle, whether you're the future queen of England or just a regular girl, you know, you have those best of intentions and then reality hits and you realize that you you really do need help all new moms need help so i thought this was a really sweet story it really is and you know you see over the years even i mean our little um interactions that we see of them at uh events and things like that it seems like they really do have a nice strong relationship the queen and kate um so it's nice that they were able to bond over motherhood Yeah, it's nice that they have each. I think it's nice that Kate has the queen as Kate will one day be, you know, the queen consort, you know, Mm -hmm. someone to look to in a similar role. Definitely. All right. Well, now it is time to break down the royal rules. And to help us do that is Claudia Cott-Williams. Now, she is the curator for Kensington Palace and this fabulous new exhibition, Life Through a Royal Lens. Now, this explores the royal family through photography and brings together some of the most iconic images ever taken of the royal family. And um, it's going, to, like I said, at Kensington Palace. And we're going to see some never before seen photos of Princess Diana. So Claudia is going to break it all down for us. Take a look. So tell me, how did this exhibition kind of come about? Well, thank you so much. Um, it's, it came about really because Kensington has a, a, a long history of, um, you know, relationships with key people in in the royal photographic history. So Queen Victoria was born here in the 19th century. And of course, her reign was the very first to be captured um, on camera. And I'd done a lot of work on uh, Queen Victoria's image making um, and really the way in which she used photography very carefully to shape her public image. Um, And then, of course, um, Lord Snowden, Anthony Armstrong Jones, very important uh, 20th century photographer, was also uh, the husband of Princess Margaret. And they lived here at Kensington Palace during their marriage and he had a dark room here so we were we were looking at um lord snowden's photography and his impact on on royal photography um, and then of course today kensington palace is the home of the duchess of cambridge um, and we know that she is a very talented amateur photographer um, and she releases her own photographs of um the children to the public on a regular basis so it just seemed a very fitting topic for us to look at here at kensington that's um, amazing. I love that all of that's tied together at Kensington Palace. That's I never made those connections. It must have been amazing to kind of put all the pieces together. Um, you know, as a curator for this exhibit, how on earth did you pick out which photographs to display? Because there must have been, I mean, thousands to choose from. Yeah, I mean, narrowing down the images for this exhibition was probably the greatest task of my curatorial career so so far. I I was confronted with quite literally tens of thousands of photographs. Um, And I was fortunate to spend a lot of time in the Royal Archives looking at the Royal Photographic Collection. Um, I went to lots of the um, archives of different photographers who photographed the monarchy. 
And I think what emerged during the course of that research was that there was a there was quite a clear pattern of representation that was, you know, established during the 19th century and then repeated across the generations. And so there were certain types of photographs that we were seeing appear time and time again. And that really gave us a framework um, to work on. Um, and then, of course, we wanted to look at some important, you know, firsts, things like the first royal wedding photograph, um, and then to unpick some of those really iconic images that we know and try to understand, you know, how do you create an, an image that will become iconic? Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, so out of all these iconic photos, I mean, what do you feel is the one photograph that's going to get everybody talking or probably a few, I would imagine? Yeah, I mean, there are a few. There are a few. And um, one of the most interesting ones, I think, is Chris Levine's holographic portrait of the Queen that was created in 2004. And, and to me, that really kind of underpins what we're saying in this exhibition. And um, he said, we interviewed him for a film, which you can see in the exhibition. And he said during that, regardless of the content, the language was modern. And that sort of nicely summed up what we're saying. It was actually a very traditional portrait of the Queen. She's wearing the George IV diamond diadem, which is a very recognisable royal jewel. She's swathed in ermine. Um, but, and, and, you know, that's a very traditional royal image. But then when you interact with that object, and because it's a hologram, you know, you can't see it on screen. I hate to say it, but you've got to come here <laughs> if you want to really understand the object. As you move around it, you know, you see her in 3D. And to create that, he said that he filled the yellow drawing room of Buckingham Palace with a TARDIS of technology. So he had, you know, a laser projecting onto her three different lighting rigs. And um, it really was a very kind of technological experience. And, and so, and, and it's that, it's her willingness to engage with that, which I think really shows them to be sort of a modern progressive institution very much of the 21st century. So, you know, that one was was really interesting and I think goes to the heart of what we're saying. Um, but then another one which um, which we've got, which I think will be hugely popular, is an unseen portrait of Diana, Princess of Wales, which was taken by David Bailey in 1988. And that's interesting in a number of ways. Um, she selected David Bailey as the photographer that she wanted to sit for. And, and at the time, he was a very surprising choice for a royal photographer. He was, you know, very irreverent, kind of quite edgy um, fashion photographer, not the kind of person that you usually saw at that point photographing monarchy. So that in itself, I think, showed her desire to do something a bit differently. Um, but then it's also quite an unusual depiction of her. And that's interesting because it's quite a typical royal depiction. And, um, you know, she's shown in profile. She's she's stoic. She's regal. And she's sort of contemplative. Um, which which is actually quite a sort of, you know, a quite a standard royal composition. Um, but for Diana, that was unusual mm -hmm. because, of course, until that point, she was doing something very different with her image. Um, she was showing herself, um, you know, as a kind of warm, a friendly, sort of an intimate, um, an intimate connection with the viewer. So for her to show herself in this very sort of poised, regal guise, again, was something 
new. Mm-hmm. So, so that that portrait is not only beautiful, but it can be read in quite interesting ways. You mentioned before, obviously, Kate is a great photographer, and there's uh, a few photos on display from her, correct? And if you can t- just tell us, you know, a little bit about those photos and how she kind of fell into for, into photography. So the Duchess of Cambridge, we know, is a very good photographer, very keen photographer. Um, and she has she has started releasing her own photographs of her children um, as, as a way of, you know, sharing um, their progress, really, with the public. Um, and she's taken a slightly different approach to how she creates um, or manages her children's public image. And I think by releasing her own photograph, she's she's kind of maintaining, you know, an element of control and, and privacy for them, um, whilst also actually showing perhaps a much more intimate picture of royal childhood than we've seen before, you know, created by studio portrait photographers. You know, these pictures, we we have a group of three photographs um, in the exhibition, one of each of the children taken in 2019. Um, and these were the, the ones that she suggested we include. And, and really, you know, they are a mother's eye view onto her children where George is looking, um, you know, not into the lens of a, of a portrait photographer who doesn't know. He's looking at his mother behind the lens. And, and that is a perspective that, you know, that's that's unusual and that's an intimacy that, that we don't often get. And mm-hmm. um, we know that she she studied um, history of art. She was very interested in photography um, and her dissertation was on Lewis Carroll's photography of children. So and um, so it's obviously something that she's long been interested in. And during our research, we uncovered that she first learned about photography um, through her grandfather. And um, so it was something that that she has been interested in um, since her own childhood. Um, and, and now you can see in, in the quality of her images um, that clearly it's something that she has she's studied and honed. Do you think we'll get these same moments in the future? What do you think the, the future looks like in terms of the royal family's relationship with photography? Certainly, I think what we've seen um, that remains consistent is that the royal family have continuously embraced the evolving technologies and evolving ways of sharing their images. Um, And I think there is an understanding which was started with Prince Albert right back in the 1840s um, that, you know, this technology was going to be a key tool in their relationship with the world. Um, And it, it would shape the role and purpose of monarchy. Um, And I certainly think that that is something that they will continue to embrace um, into the future. Um, And I think actually, you know, the Duchess of Cambridge's approach is is very clever. Um, It creates a a kind of unique perspective. Um, It really allows the public in in a very intimate way um, while still allowing them, you know, to maintain the privacy of family life. So um, I think I think there is a, a curiosity about, you know, royal life as created by the royals and perhaps the success of that. We'll see that sort of perpetuated as a as a an interesting approach. Definitely. Well, Claudia, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And if anybody is around Kensington Palace, make sure you check out Life Through a Royal Lens. It is uh, on now through October, correct? 
Yes, that's right. That's right. All right. In our Royal History Moment of the Week, it's hard to believe that it's been one year since Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's tell-all interview. How crazy is that? Uh, time is just weird flying by. And yet it also feels like that was a hundred years ago. I think I've said this before where it feels like it was so long ago, but the last year has just flown by. It really has. And you know, that was when they kind of opened up this, uh, can of worms, if you want to say about the Royal family, we're still feeling like the repercussions from that today, a year later, we still, you know, they still haven't kind of fleshed out all the issues and all the accusations and all the claims that were made. I mean, it's amazing amazing how much this interview has really shaken things up. It really has. And get ready for the book because that's coming around the corner. All right. Well, before we wrap up, we have to check in on our royal kids. And Prince George is not afraid to get his hands dirty. While making their visit on St. David's Day, Duchess Kate shared that her three children helped with farm farm animals during their school break. So cute. It's so cute. So I guess during the half term break, they went and um, visited a farm. I know that they tried to do um, a lambing every year, which is where Mm -hmm. you kind of go and and watch lambs being born. It's a pretty um, it's not uncommon. Uh Lots of farms um, throughout the UK uh, have those experiences for kids. And it's so great to see them doing these very sort of um, unique, uh, you know, interactions, but this seems very down to earth. So down to earth. I absolutely love it. And speaking of down to earth, Prince William was spotted bringing Princess Charlotte to a birthday party, you know, uh, royals just like us. <laughs> <laughs> I love all every weekend. There's a new birthday party, isn't there? Like I just keep buying presents for other people's children, but I loved this. Princess Charlotte had um, a birthday party with a classmate at a pizza place, which I think is a really cute, unique um, birthday party idea. Um, And you can sort of see Princess Charlotte wants nothing to do with her dad. She walks in straight into the party um, and Prince William's there just to drop her off and say goodbye. So it was really sweet to see again, just another really down to earth moment. Definitely. I absolutely love it. Like I said, just like us. Well, Christine, thank you so much for running down all things Royals with me as always. Yeah, thank you. I loved all the things we got into this week. It was really upbeat, uh, upbeat stories this week. Definitely. I love it. Keeping it lighthearted and keeping it fun. We'd love to know what you guys thought of the show. Please let us know in the comments. Keep subscribing and Christine and I will see you next week. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 